When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special off-the-cuff episode of Who Got the Assist today. I'm Sam, otherwise known as FPL Pricey, and we wouldn't normally be coming to you on a Thursday evening, but... It just so happens that one of us may have pressed the wildcard button. So I'm joined with my oh. co-host at the moment, Tom, who is here. I don't know if he's with a beer this time, but... No, no I'm not, no. <laughs> well, there you go. He has soberly pressed the wildcard button. So we thought we'd hop on and make a quick pod to discuss. First of all, Tom, how are you today? And second of all, what made you hit that button? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. I sort of went out and saw the national last night. I didn't drink any alcohol then either, so it's been I've been completely sober since last since since FPL meets, and um, so there's no with a beer making decisions, which may well happen <laughs> tomorrow night. And um, but there's been none Don't of that. Don't drink actually. a wild card. <laughs> yeah, you can't drink a wild card, but you know it's definitely been a sober decision. I mean, look, let's just get right into it. There's never a perfect time to wild card, and I think we all hope for some sort of scene from a movie style moment where you think, right, it's obviously time to wild card now. Everything's perfect you know <laughs> the, the petals are on the bed and it's time to get on it and yeah and um, but to me I guess it's always a bit more nuanced than that it's always very much about yeah where your team is and what your judgment is about the situation in front of you that's obvious right on me so yeah I, I know I said on Monday I wasn't particularly interested in wildcarding and one thing I hate is when podcasts say one thing and do another and so yeah, thanks Sam for putting this together very quickly tonight <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the one thing I hadn't considered to be honest at that point on Monday was that kind of max value wildcard thing I've been mentioning quite a few times over the last few weeks especially of me thinking because we, we spoke about it didn't we on Monday about how we would effectively have to wildcard to get to Salah or at least mm. have the opportunity to have Salah in our team due to decisions like buying Trippier last week and for me as well a little bit differently from you and um, also owning Son over Madison yeah. so that's even more investment that's already in my team and um, so it meant that I was pretty much kind of in a position where I knew I'd have to wildcard eventually. So from there, I'd look at the wildcard team that I'd like to have in game week 9 slash 10. And the more I looked at it, the more I realised I was just on the cusp of that wildcard being effectively unaffordable for me without some serious compromises. So they have the same compromise, actually, that people who wildcarded last week were seemingly forced to make to some extent. Um, so going without Son, for example, because he wasn't the flavour of the week then. Um, but I, I think, you know, I looked at my team, my actual team, um, the one I did just wildcard that of, and saw there were a few things I didn't like anymore. Like, I, I didn't really want Rashford anymore, um, Sterling, uh, uh, players like Baldock, Mubama, who seems about to drop to 4.3. Mm. Um, and like it wasn't a case of just kind of remove. It is, it is a case of kind of doing some tidying up around the edges, but it kind of also means that basically the team I've wound up with at my meager team value of around 100.6 or 7 um, is a team that allows me to have Trippier, Son, Salah, Haaland, and also Saka it, all in one team. 
Um, in, in the draft that we're going to show in a minute, I've got Bowen in that spot with cash available to Sa- for Saka to come back in. But it, we're not sure about Saka at the moment. If he is fit, I'm likely to just probably leave him there, actually. Um, but what I kept coming back to was the fact that I couldn't get to the particular team that I wanted by game week um, 9, 10 without that kind of compromise. Uh, mm. I checked FPL review as a kind of a sense check. Like I'm not the, ind- the sort of individual as listeners will know, who's going to be led completely by review, but I did look at it as a sense check just to make sure I wasn't just getting too het up and, you know, getting a building head of steam on my own without any sort of objective other pair of eyes on it. I mean, there were your pair of eyes on it, but that was yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> and I, I found that the wildcard seven plan and the wildcard nine plan came out at around the same um, which was quite heartening and also kind of showed that um, no, I, the only thing that I'd be losing if I waited was the ability to actually get the team that I wanted. Um, yeah. it's, it's always a trade-off, isn't it? And sometimes the, the fact was, the thing that swung it for me was that sense of affordability or lack thereof. Um, I mean, there are some real drawbacks, of course. So any wildcard team now is going to have no United. Um, but given what we've seen recently, I sort of feel okay uh, without having Rashford. Um, I didn't have Bruno anyway. Um, I don't have Mbumo at the moment, um, nor rest opinion, uh, which could hurt. Um, I'm gambling um, that for Bumo, um, you know, the, the, the kind of cheaper assets like the RB, who's coming into good, good run of fixtures, and uh, also Flash Anthony Gordon um, can match him. And est opinion-wise, there's Villa next, and those people are probably benching for double game week. And then you've got Liverpool and City, which may mm. cause either a sell-off or a bench-off, which should probably hurt his kind of EO, especially with a potential rotation too, with Europe in the mix. So I mean, I've got a solid team, which has seen me through the next couple of months, I'd imagine now and a team which is ultimately going to be unaffordable to me if I didn't go today, and perhaps some other competitors in my mini leagues and things like that after this point, perhaps even tonight, because there are quite a few players, prominently Salah, um, who are going to rise tonight. And again, that would have completely knocked me out. So yeah, basically it was getting to that 0.0 um, on the on that sort of max value wildcard without making the compromises that um, you know others are going to be forced to make around kind of game week, uh, eight or nine when people will go. Yeah. So yeah. Going a little bit early, basically. That's all. That's literally all I've done. I've just gone a couple of weeks earlier than I otherwise would have. Cool. Okay. Well, you've kind of mentioned a few of the player names already. At the moment on screen, if you're watching on YouTube, is Tom's former team. Um, so let's switch over to your full wildcard side now. And we can maybe for the sake of anyone listening, uh, if you could run through the full 15. And then I'll start quizzing you on a few of the individual yeah. picks. Of course. It sounds like an interrogation. Um, yeah, okay. So I've got uh, Ariola and uh, Turner as the two goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Cheap and cheerful. Uh, Ariola, as we discussed on the last pod, actually, that's one of the questions. Uh, his XGC or XGOT saves our PSGOT or something like that is actually very good. <laughs> it's a, he's second to Leno and not by very far at all. And with West Ham's okay run, I mean, 4.2, that's great value. Shove him in there and hope for the best. Uh, Turner, good backup. I know there's Vlacodimos who could well come in there, but 4.0, I don't really care very much. I, I think I'll be playing Ariola most weeks. Um, I've got mm-hmm. Botman and Trippier. I did buy Botman this week anyway, so I've got him in at 4.6. Um, they are kind of supplemented by Pedro Porro, um, who I think you might want to talk about in a bit. Um, so he's mm-hmm. in there at the moment for me. And the two cheapies, I've got to go for two for a, for a, for a specific reason, which I'll discuss mention in a second. Um, I've got Kabore um, still, and I've got Charlie Taylor at Burnley, who seems to have forced his way into the first team, according to James at Planet FPL. Um, and he is sat on my bench. He's just a 3.9. Um, I know he's got a double this week, but I don't think he'll make it in. 
In midfield, there are new buys, so Diaby and Gordon, cheap enablers. Um, they uh, allow me to have Salah and Son in the same team. And then I've got enough cash for Saka to stay. At the moment in the team that is on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube or the team that is being presented, uh, that Bowen is sat there as one-week punt and he would then be moved on to Madison pretty much for the next week. Um, but if Saka is fit, I think there's been some indications today that he's been in the gym trying to get fit for Bournemouth, <laughs> then I think that I'd probably keep Saka for the time being. I don't. I think I keep him for the Bournemouth game and then potentially think about selling him next week instead. But I like having the option just to keep him there in the team. And then up front is Holland and Alvarez are still chain, uh, still there. And Archer has now come in from from Obama, um, who has been a bit of a disaster kind of early by. Uh, so all in all, I think that kind of equates to about eight changes. So it's not you know wholesale sweep the decks clean. It is there's an element of rearranging the Titanic on the deck, the the deck chairs on the Titanic, and there's also an element of just a slight restructure as well. Um, but yes, I've, I've obviously run it through things like FPL team. I've run it for review and I've looked at kind of the, the upcoming weeks and I'm, I'm fairly confident it will be all right. I mean, it, I am obviously exposed to a few, a few things I have wasn't exposed to before, like United and Bumo and Est opinion. But I think that there are um, enough countervailing factors that I feel confident that this wild card will will perform. And it's, yeah, it's just that sack of question that remains really, but the rest of it kind of all hangs together very well. Fantastic. Well, you've answered a few of the questions I had in uh, your monologue there on the 15. So I'll skip over a few. Um, but the first question I did want to ask that I think anyone would probably logically want to ask with the goalkeepers is, do you expect Turner to keep his place for the foreseeable? Or do you think that actually he's ending up just on your bench as a 4.0 enabler just so you can use that money elsewhere? Is there, for example, another... 4.5 keeper you'd have your eye on to combine with Ariola, or is it basically Ariola or bust? Yeah, it literally is that. So I'm at 0.0 with the wild card that I've got here, assuming I have Saka. Um, if I've got Bowen, I've got Bowen plus the money in the bank to buy Saka back at eight point. I'm assuming he's uh, there's a built-in assumption that he drops 0.1, basically. Mm -hmm. um, if if I don't think that's going to happen, then I'd swap Poro for Udogi, so it gives me a little bit more money. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm at, because I'm at 0, 0, 0.0, um, I've got to go with um, Ariola and Turner and take my chances, effectively. Um, I'm just assuming that if I've got a goalkeeper problem, it's going to affect quite a few people. You know, so I suspect that next few weeks, people are going to be wildcarding into a pretty similar goalkeeper setup. I think with Leno, I would love to have Leno in there. Um, if I wildcarded before the last international break, he was going to be in that team um it's just obviously with 4.7 and everything being as tight as it is i've i've just got very little scope to do anything um, other than go with um the rock bottom price uh double up there um and just kind of take it from that point onwards fair enough um i know i th i think i saw on uh twitter or x as it now is a combination of Ariola and neto doing quite mm. good bits for the next few weeks was that at all tempting or is it I've got the money. The least priority position. I have got the money. Um, yeah. I, and, and also, I, I just don't like rotating goalkeepers. Like, basically, in, yeah. in your mind, just think that Ariola is a 4.5 goalkeeper with a point three discount and just for a, <laughs> quite a decent, decently defensively stodgy team. So just shove them in there and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you'll have too many people disagreeing with you on that. Um, so moving on to the defence, the first thing that hits me um, when I looked at this draft earlier on is the fact that 
after this game week, you're probably looking at three starting defenders that you're comfortable starting in mm. Botman, Trippier and Pedro Porro at the moment. I know you mentioned it could be a doggy. Um, but is that a concern at all? Are you slightly worried that any injury could mean that you're basically locking into a defensive transfer? You can't lean on your bench too much with, I don't know, is Kabore a player you can lean on a no, little bit? No. Maybe Taylor as well, but not sure. Yeah, that's one of my main concerns here, just because of how rubbish my team value was. Like I've seen others who have got, you know, have still managed to get a decent kind of 4.5 million defender on the bench. As it is, mm. I've got two promoted defenders and a promoted striker making up my bench, which is obviously not the best uh, thing in the world. There's a slight, um, I guess, sacrifice there, especially if you also consider throwing that Gordon's on four yellow cards, which I'm mindful of. I know I'm Mm. sure some people may have been thinking, oh, he's got Gordon. Does he not know? Yeah, I do know. Um, A lot of that is contingent on me keeping Saka um, because if I just raided the Saka money altogether, um, did sell him for Bowen and reused that money, then I could get a 4.5 million um, defender. I could get like a Gahey or maybe even go up to a cash um, to sit on my bench as well um, and have him as the 12th man, which I'm considering doing. It's just that I'm pretty convinced that Saka's um, going to have a great season and I, I don't really want to be shutting the door on Saka. And if you if you look elsewhere, like at the point of the point of this, as I said, is to not make the compromises I'm going to have to make in the future. Other people will have to make in the future. So Trippier, for example, is a player that I really do want to keep on the wild cards. I want to keep him there. And I know that people last week didn't get Trippier because you can d- disperse the funds elsewhere. I want to keep Trippier, keep Son, keep Salah, keep Haaland, keep Saka, and just have them as like a core nexus of my team. Like I know that's going to mean there are going to, there is going to be a compromise somewhere, um, and it might be that you know I take I go with um, Udogi over Pedro Porro and take Botman down to Burn and then use that 0.3. I think it would be to try to kind of do something with one of the defenders. I don't really know where that would actually get me. And um, I think I maybe it may have to kind of take Turner down to like a Shakosha or something like that and see if there's a 4.4 mm-hmm. defender out there I could buy. Uh, but that's kind of, you know, where I'm going to be landing with this as it is. Um, I mean, there's always going to be a compromise in any wildcard. There's always going to be a trade-off. Um, and I think that if there are kind of red lines that I've set, sorry to trigger people <laughs> who remember the Brexit deal, but if there are some red lines that I've set myself, you know, I'm not going to, because I've wildcarded on Thursday as well. So I'm not going to be able to go down those different lines. So I've got, I've got, I've got a job, I've got, I've got an actual job to do and things like that too. <laughs> and, and, the, and the babies look after. So I'm not going to spend all of tomorrow drinking and looking at my wildcard, but um, there will be a, there will be a dedicated session for those people who are interested. And um, yes, yes, um, I've set myself those sort of um, red lines that there are a few players that I really want to keep. The reason that I've wildcard is to keep those players, but still be able to grab the players that everyone's going to want in a few weeks time. So, yeah, that, that's where it is. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am a little bit concerned. It's a, it's a really long way of, long-winded way, way of me saying, yes, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, but I think that that's kind of just a, a bit of a byproduct of, of, of the setup I've got here. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so you mentioned uh, a doggy versus Pedro Porro there um, a minute ago. And I wanted to explore that a little bit further as well, because obviously so far... Poro isn't really in the template. A doggy, on the other hand, has become very popular. A couple of price rises. And what I would say is like fairly middling underlying data. I wouldn't say it's exceptional, but for someone who was a 4.5 million defender, it's pretty good. And I think we were all very happy to be jumping on him at the start of the season. However, at this point, do you think that it's actually 
probably more favorable to go with a Pedro Porro. Obviously, the price is a lot closer now than it was. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you've got that spare money that it is an upside differential, a pick that you would prioritize making over a doggy? Yeah, listen, like I've spoken to a few Spurs fans about this. Um, and um, if you look at the underlying data, uh, Poros is actually quite a bit superior to Doggies. Mm. Um, a Doggy is more of a trickler, whereas Poros is quite like an agent of chaos um, to put in to, to verbalize what one of my friends said. And putting him in, he's just got that capacity to one week just get ridiculous score um he has played i know he didn't play the first game but he's played it played every every minute since then pretty much um his 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 non-pen xg i think he was like one above um doggies um so and i think there's uh, like goals uh so shots as well was pretty decent i think it's just not quite put come together for Poro yet i think it could be a good differential especially in the engaged manager set because as i as you said all clever managers including yourself got Udoggy at 4.5 whereas bozos <laughs> like me got bloody Bulldog, so um, <laughs> I think it's 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 close enough now that I'm I'm not as concerned by losing the 0.2. But if I have to lose 0.2 to if I kind of by tomorrow or by Saturday morning I've lost my nerve and think oh god my bench is an absolute train wreck I need to sort that out and have someone on it then he could well end up as a doggy. But at the moment I am very minded to go with Poro. Um, so it looks like he's got the nod over Royale. Um, especially and especially in those sort, those sort of easier quote unquote games which are coming up, so it seems like kind of the Saar Basuma thing kind of allows uh, Poro and Udogi to participate in the attacks. So um, yeah, I, I quite like that, and it's you know it's, it's not it, they're all names which are going to be familiar to people in the FPL world, and none of it is particularly exciting. Like Gordon's like five percent owned, but like everyone's talking about him, and he's in every kind of he's in every wildcard going. I think I've seen so, you know, mm. but not nothing's particularly exciting here. <laughs> I've got to have to say nothing to see here, but yeah, it's it's one of those where I, I, I just quite fancy going a slightly differential, um, just just to try to be a bit more aggressive, really. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, in terms of differentials as well in the midfield, Bowen is still relatively low owned. I, I did have a bit of a question around his inclusion just for the longevity of your plans here. So with Bowen, are you seeing him as just a one-week punt and then you move across to Saka or I think you mentioned Madison as well? Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, if um, if Saka is ruled out of the Bournemouth game, are you thinking Saka can wait for a few weeks before bringing him back in? Or are you, even despite the fact it's City next up, are you trying to get him back in and you need that money set aside for when you do that? Or can you potentially use that money elsewhere for a little bit and, and figure it out down the line? How much of a, how much of a priority is Saka to get back in? I mean, I'm, so I'm convinced that he's going to have a great season. So I think he is a priority to be able to be purchased relatively frictionlessly so Mm. if i can get there in one move that would be ideal so with bowen one week punt straight on to madison next week for the losing game that would be the idea i know it's unfashionable and people don't like it but that would be my idea and whether i would then move him straight to sack i think sack has got sheffield united in game week 10 i think that would be the week i want him back that Mm. probably would be where i'd go if it turned out the sacker was out then i'd be happy to go with that plan if there's a question mark if it looks like Saka could be fit or if there's um you know any sort of um if Mikel says he's fine then I'm going to keep Saka and play Saka this week simple as that and then next week I'll make a call on whether I want to sell Saka if it looks like his price is going down and then maybe I'll sell him for Madison 
Um, I think, but yeah, it, it, that's fine. Then have Madison for a couple of weeks and bring Saka back game week 10 or 11 and work it out further down the line. I just don't know, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm always conscious of this baby and throwing the baby out the bathwater thing. Maybe mm. I've already done that with Rashford and Bumo and Estepinian. I don't know yet. Um, but I, I think that, you know, Saka again is another sort of red line player that I really want to just keep in my team and have in my team, um, you know, for, for, the, for the longish haul. Um, so that's kind of where I am with that one at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I like that plan around about game week 10. I think if, if you didn't have that money spare, then red flags would kind of crop up with this draft. But because you're keeping that money aside, I think it's a pretty safe assumption Saka drops. But I would probably, you know you know me, we've been discussing it all day. I'm slightly more cautious, I think, than you as yeah. a manager. And I, I would panic knowing that I'm wildcarding into a side that actually technically couldn't afford a player that I know I'm going to want in two weeks yeah, already. Yeah, that's literally it, yeah. But if if you're confident he does drop and obviously Bowen Bowen could go up in price, Madison could go up in price as well by by 0.2 in any given game week. So you could also get the money back that way. Yeah, that's, that's but I think if this was my wildcard draft, I would probably favour going a doggy over Porro, for example, just so I've got that safety net. But yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from there. I think Bowen for a one game week punt as well is about as good a fixture as you can have Sheffield United at home and because you've also got Gordon there that's basically rounding up all of the best players from this game week and Gordon's got that longevity as well I think we discussed either on the pod or in one of my shows earlier this week the fact that Gordon is a really good enabler to get you to a Salah and I just I just wonder in two or three game weeks time are there going to be other enablers that could also unlock a Salah or is it going to be basically Gordon or Bust even by game week nine I guess that's kind of the bet you're making at this point that Gordon is is the guy that's going to continue starting continue getting the minutes and that can unlock Salah for the foreseeable yeah the thing is at that price I don't really see very much else like yeah Mm -hmm. you might find Brendan Johnson perhaps be a player you might really kind of fancy Morgan Gibbs White for example because they've got Luton in game week nine now he's a consideration but again yeah. I don't really quite have the money at the moment um so you know there are other players at that price who could well kind of come in but it, it does seem kind of like he's the one especially because they're in good quote-unquote form or at least in a good moment um have been a decent trajectory with a decent game coming up against Burnley it feels like you know that's that seems to be the one to go with. Like, yeah, he might get yellow card, um, but he could well be kind of the enabler du jour, especially if he does kind of keep up how he's been performing thus far. So I said mm. he's doing surprisingly well in the ex- in the overall sort of uh, player stats for this season in terms of non-pen SGI. Like he's 13th overall, like just behind Bumo, um, mm. which is not bad at all, especially because Bumo is one of the players who everyone's been kind of talking up. Um, and Gordon's kind of quietly gone about his business and, and done pretty decently. Um, with Barnes out, it's just kind of contingent on him not getting, not getting yellow card. And if he does, then I'll, I'll manage that. Um, probably be like Archer or something or you know, figure out yeah. whoever the hell I've got on my bench. Um, but I mean, it's not going to be the end of the world, basically. It's, it shouldn't put you off a, a player, especially with a decent fixture up next. If you're you know, if you're buying him in not on wildcard, then maybe there's more of a question mark and more to consider. But on a wildcard, you know, you might as well, really. And then you know, there's, always, there's always Pedro Neto if everything goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Neto could be a, a good midterm shout. But yeah, I like Gordon. I think the yellow card thing, people would be naturally concerned about. But I think anyone wildcarding at the moment is going to have Archer as that third striker. And I think a striker of 
decent quality is always a good sub to have up your sleeve. And because he's starting, he's not like a Mabama there, just burning a spot third on your bench every week. You can't guarantee any minutes. He will probably get 80 plus minutes every match. I don't know if he's on penalties or not. I haven't actually checked that. But as a striker, he has a decent chance, I suppose, of getting penalties eventually, if not already. So, yeah, I, I think having Archer there is kind of your get-out-of-jail-free card for a freak injury or that fifth Gordon Yellow that probably comes in the next few game weeks. Um, obviously, Burnley is the prime fixture. We know yeah. he's not going to be banned for that. So, I think it's still a pretty, pretty decent pickup. And because you're wildcarding, you've got the ability to get to a Gordon, whereas I think his ownership is going to stay pretty low for anyone not wildcarding because they need to guarantee two or three game weeks out of him first. Yeah. And on that four yellows, they don't have the backup plan ready. Um, and also, there are other good midfielders this week, like Bowen, like James Will Prowse. And that leads me on to my next question, which is, this is a strong five in midfield, but all season long, we've been talking about a number of midfielders, probably 15 yeah. deep. Are there any others in your consideration at the moment outside of Saka? Or are these five and plus Saka as a potential sixth, the, the ones that you're mainly looking at at this point? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I if I didn't have Alvarez, for example, I'd probably find a way to manufacture a Greenish uh, re mm. a, a, a Foden, sorry, re-entry into my team. Mm. Um, I, for example, really like the look of um, Diego Jota. I like the look of Luis Diaz. But can you tell me which one of them is going to start anytime soon? Because I certainly have no idea. Um, I'd like to, you know, have Darwin Nunez potentially as well in a three-four-three. I've considered that, and then dumping um dumping Saka for that but again is it quite the right time now especially because he's going away uh, on international break so even when you're wildcarding over the international break you're probably not going to be including Darwin in your team because he's probably you know as we've seen with the last international break at the end um Klopp didn't play any of the South American players so um there are a few kind of individuals that I do like the the look of it's just that I really can't find a way at the moment to to prioritize them over individuals who are currently uh, within the consideration set. I mean, the closest is probably going to be Bowen, um, but I think Saka is just above Bowen. But if Saka does, if I do end up with Saka, then he becomes Bowen one week and then he moves on to Mad being Madison against Luton. Um, and I, that's kind of what happens. I'm kind of tempted to do that anyway um, and just take a big bet against everything. But as it is, I think I'm kind of trying to follow some semblance of a safety first sort of measure, especially having removed uh, Estepinian, who's still kind of 62% owners are ridiculous. Um, and uh, in Bumo, I, mean, uh, I think there's, there's also the kind of the likes of Matoma as well, but Villa, Liverpool and, and Man City, the next three, yes, they can score anywhere. Um, but I, I'm still just don't think that's the sexiest of fixture runs. So he's another one that probably is going to be earmarked for consideration around game week 10-ish. I think there's quite a few teams around game 10 um, who again come in the reckoning. And you know, if the RB's not worked by them, for example, then him to Matoma could be an example. Like, you know, it's, it's always like, it's, it's always the same in FPL. Like, you know, if you take a moment and just kind of stop and try to think, figure out your team, your whole team, which is what a wild card is, taking, back, taking a step back and looking at everything, you can kind of forget that week to week you end up kind of living hand to mouth a little bit sometimes in FPL. You're like, right, I'm making this change, I'm making that change. And yeah, it's trying to kind of retain my. Uh, retain my mindfulness or consciousness as uh, another podcaster would call it about all of that so yeah uh, I think I think that five at the moment is is kind of where I'm happy and um, it's just Bowen or Saka basically mm. yeah I like that five I think there's plenty of goals in there most of them are 
featuring almost as talismanic in their teams at the moment. So, yeah, I, I have no complaints with that five whatsoever. Let's move over to your striking force. I don't think we need to spend any time on Archer. I think he'll be in most wild cards at this point. I think what's really interesting is you're persevering with that double city attack. So I wanted to explore, obviously, no questions over Haaland realistically, <laughs> uh, especially at the moment. But Alvarez, obviously, very popular pick at the moment. Everyone was driving the buys for him last game week did blank but I think was fairly unlucky do you still see him as a good long-term hold or is he a potential player that you might want to switch out when City's fixtures harden around game week nine or ten I mean do they <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've yeah, seen I've yeah. seen I've seen this start to start to crop up in the community a bit and it's laughable like all right Arsenal away yes okay that's that's not the best fixture in the world but City mm -hmm. are the bad fixture. Game week nine, Bryson at home. Hang on a minute. Is that that's that's a really good fixture for attackers. Game week ten, yeah. Man United away. Are we pretending that Maguire <laughs> and bloody Johnny Evans of AC Milan in the nineteen eighties? No, like that's a really good fixture. And then you've got Bournemouth in eleven, Chelsea in twelve, Liverpool in thirteen, Spurs in fourteen. Like yes, hard because of the FDR. But think about it for a second. None of those fixtures are difficult from an attacking perspective. Well, they are difficult, but you know what I mean. Um, so mm. I mean, I'm I'm very happy to keep Alvarez as it is. Um, City are kind of low on numbers at the moment. We'll see what happens with Bernardo Silva coming back. Um, but I suspect it won't be just me who's affected if Bernardo Silva does end up pushing Alvarez out of the team in certain situations. And, you know, oh, yes, there's gonna there could be some rotation for City in the Champions League. But their group is not that difficult, is <laughs> um, really. Um, it's, and they're out of the um, they're now out of, out of the Carabao Cup as well. Um, so I think at the moment it's, it's, it's probably all right. Um, with Alvarez and as I said it, it doesn't just affect me it affects loads of other people if Alvarez does go out but at that price point I think it's just leagues away from any other kind of alter alternative around there yeah agreed and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned the fixtures as well I completely agree I don't think I don't think you can really call many of them difficult fixtures to score in uh, especially for a team like Man City I guess the one hesitation I'd have with Alvarez is mm. that Yes, they do have a pretty easy Champions League group and I don't I don't really expect them to necessarily have to put out a full strength 11 every single week when that happens when they get into those fixtures. But as we saw in the midweek, Alvarez is the second striker that they've got. So, if Haaland who obviously as we know is probably the player that they'll want to give a rest to, does get a rest in any Champions League games, Alvarez is probably the one that will have to play quite a few minutes in the midweek and I just I don't think that's an issue at the moment by the way I don't I don't think he'll be yeah. rested this game week for instance after playing in the Carabao but moving forwards when they've got other players coming back I just wonder whether Pep will start being ever so slightly more pragmatic with Alvarez's minutes in the Prem knowing that every now and then he might want to use him a bit more in the Champions League than he does with Haaland. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know really whether that would actually prevent me getting Alvarez. I think if I was wildcarding now, I'd probably have these two up top as well. And even in game week nine, I've been playing around with what it would look like. Still probably includes Alvarez at this point. So I'm definitely not berating him as a pick. I just wonder whether that's maybe entered anyone's minds, whether that's something you've thought of at this stage. I think that's that sounds to me like, 
cross that bridge when you come to it <laughs> just yeah. at the risk of abdicating responsibility completely i haven't got all the answer at the moment no, no one does um, yeah. and i think that's very much a yeah i mean yeah all valid points but what the hell am i supposed to do about that right now um because the, it makes so much more sense just to keep the guy <laughs> yeah. Mm. so yeah valid points but there's nothing that's going to sway me i don't think there at the moment Fair enough. Well, that brings me on really nicely to my final question um, regarding the strikers. And you you mentioned what am I supposed to do about it right now? Well, we are in a double game week mm. and you are on a wild card. So what is stopping you from going for Carlton Morris this week? Um, I, he's a player that I want to wild card out of rather than yep. wild card into. Like his usefulness is one week. Um, yep. so that's it. And then after that, you've got one million. You're paying one million more than... Cameron Archer um, for a player that you're going to want to get rid of and free up that one yep. million from. So I'm basically buying a, a transfer, transfer. Yeah. and I've, I've already got a transfer as well if I do the bone thing. So it's another one, and I, you know, I, I can't really justify getting him in because that one million has to come from somewhere. And as I've already mentioned, I've got some red lines about how I'm sort of setting up my wild cards. So I haven't really got the space either to do it. And um, so there, there's lots of reasons. But yeah, that, that's the principal one that I, I'm just kind of not particularly enamoured by them. They could do well, um, but I'm, I'm not particularly enamoured by them anyway. And then what you do afterwards, if, I, you know, if I'm wildcarding out of it, like I was thinking this week, oh, yeah, maybe I'll just buy Morris if there's more injuries and kind of things like that, because you might as well from Obama. But mm. I, that was before I kind of decided to, to, to wildcard. But yeah, I, I'm not interested. Basically, Bore will, will will do just fine. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And I guess the conversation would maybe slightly change if you didn't have that transfer booked in for next game week anyway. But I, I guess the other thing is, do you think Morris is a captaincy shout over Harlan this game week? And my assumption from all of our conversations so far this week would be no. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it personally. I'd, I'd yeah. own him, but not captain him. If if that if it was me, I'd still captain Harlan. But I can see why people are, are, are looking at doing it, especially kind of if you're kind of struggling a bit more then absolutely i can see why you're doing it it's just it wouldn't be for me because you're just yeah this is not for me <laughs> fair enough fair enough well that is um your full 15 are there any final notes that you wanted to mention that maybe you didn't um bring up to start with or shall we move on to the end of the show no that's it i think that we shall see how it goes um i'm fully expecting i can't remember ever having a wild card where i have done really well for next week so my full <laughs> expectation is that this is going to be an absolute disaster especially because i'm literally apart from kabore all out after saturday so wow yeah because i haven't point. got i haven't got mbumo i haven't got any chelsea players so i'm literally all out after saturday so mm. it's going to be very very interesting to see how i feel after the spurs liverpool game because that's it that's 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 the that's the end uh, basically for my week unless Kabore manages to get like a twelve pointer against Burnley. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a short sharp shock, um, and I've got to just hope that I come out of it alive rather than flatlining. And I'm fully expecting it not to go well, uh, as I always say uh, to everybody that I know. If you expect the if you expect nothing, then you're always going to be pleasantly surprised. So that's kind of how I've set my expectations very low. 
What a note to end the podcast on. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, set those expectations low. Saturday should be really interesting. I can't oh. wait to see what our text chat's going to look like God. around about 5.30 on Saturday or ra- rather around 7 o'clock when the game's actually finished. Um, but yeah, that's crazy that they're all on Saturday. There are a lot of games on the Saturday, so I'm going to bunker down and, and try and watch as many as I can. Um, but yeah, fantastic. Well, I hope all of you listening in and watching on YouTube enjoyed the show today. It was a bit off the cuff. It's a bit shorter than usual, but we thought it'd be really important to dive on and assess Tom's wild card, especially with everything we discussed earlier on in the week with so many moving parts. We thought it'd mm. be good to uh, get it down on paper. And hopefully, Tom, it was helpful for you to sort of talk about it out loud. I know you've been um, deliberating it throughout the day, but hopefully this half an hour has been at least slightly useful to solidify some of your decisions. No, it's just been good to reinforce why I did it. It's a for com- yeah. positive confirmation. And uh, at least I believe in, I, I believe I've done the right thing. I didn't really have any, like when I pulled it, like I've had some archives where I've been like, why the fuck did I do that? Like straight away. And this one, I didn't really have any regrets. Like uh, I was pretty like, my gosh, gut do i leave my gut you know i mean i i've kind of felt like yeah okay i i i i've convinced myself and this is good so yeah there you go it's been positive confirm positive affirmation for me you are a good manager you know what you're doing it's all fine it's all fine <laughs> until i get 30 points and rashford and sterling and all of that lot end up with double digit rules and i'm left at 2.7 million or something as a sterling and rashford owner i can tell you right now that ain't happening you're fine <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I th- I personally think you're getting a green arrow this week. It would be the first WGTA <laughs> green one. arrow of the season, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. But I I am crossing my fingers for you. I, I do wish you all the best because I would love to see a green arrow on this podcast and something interesting to discuss next week uh, because our teams will actually look pretty di- different, which mm. so far they look fairly similar, eight or nine players the same. From now on, we're going to be going down different paths. So that will at least be slightly interesting to track. In the meantime, though, we have been Who Got the Assist. You can find us on Twitter or X, as it's now known, at WGTA underscore FPL. You can find me there at FPL Pricey and on threads slash Instagram at WGTA.FPL. Again, I'm just FPL Pricey on there. If you enjoyed this uh, very short-term pod, Uh, then please do consider leaving a like and subscribing to the YouTube channel if you're watching on there. Or if you're listening in, please do have a think about giving a five-star review. It would be so, so helpful to us. Yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for humouring me if you did listen to this. And uh, yes, I hope I assisted you think about your wildcard and what you're going to do going forward. I speak to you on Monday to pick over the wreckage. I know there'll be the the, uh, the second game, double game week to come, uh, but there'll be more than enough to talk about and more than enough to, I'm sure, uh, enjoy some Schadenfreude for. But which of us will it be? Find out then. Speak soon. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.